highest conviction call for, for 2024 is a bit of a thematic one. I think the highest conviction bet is probably the most important one for the whole market. We're going to make a very um, non-consensus position. That I know you asked me to think about this and I've been feeling very guilty because I can't come up with something which is really super optimistic. This is a tough one. I think I'm going to go with um, the switch from... Well, my highest conviction prediction for 24 is the same as it was for 23. Everyone's slamming lithium, um, saying the party's over. I actually thought long and hard about this. You want something that is basically volatile, as they believe to be volatile, and you want something that's been kind of in the toilet, so to speak, in the last 12 months. So the one I picked Right, money orders. Last bloody two. We're nearly there. We're just beer, lunch beers yeah, for the yeah. bloody shit. Yeah. <laughs> keeping healthy. Good stuff, mate. Right, this is a bloody exciting episode. We've got, I would say, there was nine people, but eight companies, eight of the biggest and best funds in Australia, and we even went international as well, given some big... Yeah, we did, didn't we, Jay? We did, mate. Don't you worry about me, Cobby. You just sit there and enjoy the show. (laughs) Mate, there four we got we asked four questions Mm -hmm. about what we're looking for in twenty twenty four. So we asked for the uh, most high or highest conviction prediction. And then we had second question for all the fundies was what's your most non consensus prediction? And then Best performing commodity. Best commodity, shittest commodity. Yeah. 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 Really insightful, I reckon. I um, got heaps out of it. And you just get a snapshot into thinking how are the you know the resources and mining fundies thinking thematically about the year to come. Yeah, and mate, we, you went through who they are at the start of the video. We won't rattle them off. Uh, Some fan favourites in there. bloody fan favourites, all, all true friends of the show. So friends of the pumped show. up for this one. Thanks for everyone getting involved. Maddie, I've got a bit of a gripe. At the moment. Right, Trav, we've got a big episode to get to, so let's get into it, eh? <laughs> I'll tell you my gripe. My gripe is seeing, like, and I understand equity markets are tough, right? But I've been observing all of these uh, capital raisings and they've all got these insanely dilutive attaching options associated with them. And you think, fuck, did you, did you have to do like something that dilutive and punitive to your existing shareholders in order to get that capital raise done. Oh, and, and give it, giving out the underwriting, sub-underwriting oh, the bloody rights issues so, and giving out oppies to the bloody people who bid into the subs, just giving, giving it away. I get the capital markets yeah. are tight and, I mean, probably 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 the toughest I've, I've seen them in my career. Yeah. But, um, but geez, it's it's rough. I, want, I wish there was a better way, mate. Shareholders are out there. They're not feeling adequately informed. By the management, they they're not feeling they're they're here. Companies here, no connection. Well, no that, love. That makes sense to me, right? If if you had better engagement with your retail shareholders, you wouldn't have to do these stupidly dilutive equity raises. You'd get them over the line because you've got better engagement, and they're there for it on less dilutive terms. But you know, and what we see at the moment is is not that. And we speak about it all the time, guys. You know, the shareholders they are the owners of the business. Management they're running the show. So you want. Perfect communication between the two parties. There is a solution to that too. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mate, something we believe in as a company, and that's why we've got involved, the Investor Hub. Mm -hmm. Love it. Absolutely. It gives the, you know, MDs good access to their shareholders. Shareholders, you can ask them questions. You can see, you know, more presentations, more FaceTime, all these sorts of things. You've got better contact. The, the company has a better gauge on their shareholders. They get better data. They can communicate them with them far more directly, which, you know, gets to, gets to the outcome that we, you know, and the, uh, the companies really want, you know, they want shareholders on their side, understanding what they're trying to do to take the company in the right direction. And I think the P, the shareholders you get access to, you're not, you don't need to, they don't, MDs won't have to necessarily go to a conference to talk to people. You go through the investor hub, best way to keep a, a professional line of contact between the MDs, CEOs and the shareholders instead of angry hot copper forums. The shareholders can post questions on the announcements, go straight to management. They can either choose to air them or not. The tools literally brilliant. Yeah, the tools exist to have literally way better relationship with your shareholders, have them more engaged, updated. You should want that. Um, and I reckon it makes sense to kick off 2024, you know, on a fresh and well, 2023 has been a tough year, Trav. Yeah. I think companies have got to look at how are we going to differentiate in 2024, and this is an example of how you could do it. 
No, it it's not going to make your drill holes better, but no, uh, <laughs> no, it gives all your retail guys and gals the top twenty experience, but it gives management the capacity and the time to actually do that in the best way that they can. Get like, in touch really, with Rory. Rory is, is emails in the show notes. Rory yep. at Investor Hub. He'd love an email from you. Yep. We've got. We even got an example of a company that uh, we've noticed that is utilising Investor Hub and took. Took appropriate action and put the Money of Mine Daily Show link in there. That's <laughs> now that is taking it to a great level. We um, love that. Tell you what, talk about engaging with way to get publicity. The, <laughs> the audience, but here's look. You can. I'll show a demo here. You go into an announcement. There's they can attach a video that's straight from the MD. So this one was for Blackstone's acquisition. MD does a big speech on the Prezo. Uh, then you've got a line that you can chuck a comment in there. They've also got their rights issue in within their investor hub. So investors can nice. actually go straight through the investor hub to apply for their entitlements. Um, so they don't have to uh, – just just makes it – it's all in one spot. They don't have to then go via Atomic or whatever to do it. Um, so it's a pretty uh, holistic approach to investment. Shareholders can ask questions it. on that announcement. Like like what, what more of a pure way to actually um, – yeah. Get, get answers. So I love it. Hit them up. Get Hit in touch up. with Investor Hub. Beautiful. Right, let's get into Fundy's predictions for 2024. Here we go. Rick and Karina, thank you very much for joining us. What is your highest conviction prediction for 2024? Geez, that rhymes. <laughs> Our highest conviction is actually a, a stock. It's um, Meteoric Resources. Uh, we, we like it for, for two, two reasons. So the first reason is uh, Meteoric say rare earth explorer with a, a, a fantastic project in in um, in Brazil, in South America. And the rare earth price has really been in the toilet for, for most of this year and, and a fair bit of last year. So so if you get a small small inflection up in the uh, in the price, that the, the market will, will really start to, to focus in on the this sector. And Meteoric have got what we think is a, a geological freak in terms of a, the top style of deposit they have. And it's got a real advantage over its contenders in that it's something that can be put into production quickly at a, a reasonably low uh, capex, certainly compared to uh, many of the peers that are a uh, billion dollar plus uh, capex. So that's a, a stock that we we particularly like. Beautiful. Second question: What is your most non-consensus prediction for 2024? All right. Well, our consensus prediction for 24 is that you're going to see the explorers be more supported by the capital markets. Ooh. The producers have been well supported in 2023, but given that the uh, ongoing inflation and higher interest rates, we actually think that they're going to struggle to outperform in 24, and we, we think you're going to get the best returns is going to be out of the explorers. Normally, the markets go from producers to, say, developers and then down to the explorers, but the market has been deprived of capital now for over 18 months. And so those there are actually very few developers to invest in. So if anyone's looking to get out of the producers and cycle down into a, a less developed company, they're going to have to go into explorers. I like it. Yeah, that is that is certainly non-consensus. You don't hear too many people saying that one. So yeah, bold, bold prediction. I like it. And what about, um, what's the best commodity for 2024? Best performing commodity? Yeah, we we, uh, we generally don't um, uh, take strong views on on commodities, but uh, one commodity we, we do like is uranium. That um, you know, it's certainly you know the recent announcement that the uh, the Americans are going to uh, ban a lot of the, the processed uh, uranium out of uh, Russia and and less friendly uh, countries is is really focusing the spotlight on on the commodity and on on companies that have. Uh, you know, uranium projects in, in first world jurisdictions or jurisdictions that are friendly to the US. So we just think that's uh, really going to fan it. And, you know, in terms of the the dialogue uh, socially within the, the community that uh, I think it's uh, starting to become a little bit more acceptable to, to you know, make mainstream people in the world. And uh, if that shift uh, continues, you'll see growing momentum in the sector. So that's certainly the commodity that we think has got a, a, a potential for very strong upside. Beautiful. I like it. And last question, guys, what is on the flip side of that, the worst performing commodity for 2024? We're going to make a very um, non-consensus position that iron ore is going to be the poor performer of 2024. Mm. If you're starting to face into perhaps some lower GDP growth, lower economic growth globally, we think iron ore is the one that's going to suffer the most. 
Very, yeah. Again, I like non, it, yeah. consensus I like it. Right. Enjoy your Christmas period and all, guys. Yeah. Have a good one. And let you us know too. when you're in Perth next. <laughs> See you later. Yeah, yeah we'll do. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look professional, Mister Mister Russell Darroy. Thanks for thanks for buddy uh, contributing to our our fundy segment predictions for 2024. You're you're gentlemen. Not, not short of a crystal ball prediction, mate. Predicting medals, mm. markets, bifurcate. I want to know what's um. What's 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 next for your, your your predictions? So, mate, what's your highest conviction prediction for twenty twenty four? Can be thematic, stock specific, or otherwise. Yeah, cool. I did cheat. I've pre prepared some notes here. Um, <laughs> full disclosure. Uh, so, look in line with um, uh, some of our, our prior conversations. I think uh, my high, highest conviction call for twenty twenty four is a bit of a thematic one. And um, really, it's around the, you know, the, a confidence that the EU and the US will react quite violently to um, significant sort of uncompetitiveness of their auto industry versus Chinese EVs. That, that I genuinely believe in for next year. Um, I think we're going to see protectionism, subsidisation, measures uh, both ratcheted up so call it carrot and stick um and and i think it is going to have to be pretty substantive the level of differential on the on the um on the equivalent vehicle pricing is is big and and there's an argument that china subsidizes in a range of other ways throughout the value chain so yeah i i have a, a high conviction call around EU and US reacting violently and hopefully, maybe less conviction around this, but hopefully the market finally paying attention to the very limited pool of, you know, decent uh, domestic assets within the EU and um, and the US um, that, that they need to see progress to production. So particularly the EU, you know, it's an incredibly small pool of, of talent. So, yeah. That's my my call for twenty four. Rusty, I'm I'm fighting every urge to ask a follow up question, but we're trying to cap these ones at five. So next question is your most non consensus prediction for twenty twenty four. Probably probably the one that I just just rattled <laughs> off. Um, <laughs> I don't know how many other guys believe in that. Probably not too many. Um, no, I, I, aside from that, I would say maybe uranium stocks to pull back as a, as a controversial one. Um, implied U price in in many of these market caps. I think you guys have, have perhaps touched on this with Sammy Berridge previously. If you do a, a cap back on on the implicit uranium price in some of these um, uh, uranium stocks or or hopeful producers, uh, I think I think those stocks really should come back to to more sensible trading levels. In, uh, in 2024, I think that's very much against consensus. And having said that, we are still very constructive around uranium, but as value guys find it really challenging to go and own a stock that implies, you know, 130 bucks a pound when the physical's at 81. So, yeah, that's our non-consensus call. I like it. I like it. What about uh, the best performing commodity for 2024, Rusty? Now, just so we're clear, you're never going to, Resurface this. Like, I'm not going to look at this in a year's time and get shit for it, am I? Right. We produce bloody 200 shows a year. We're going to forget this. <laughs> good, good. There's so little upside in this thing. Um, best performing commodity. All right. Uh, I don't think it'll come as a big surprise. Oil is our is our call. Look, when you look at these things, you know, it's, it's as of today, what is it? The 12th of December. So whenever you make a call, it's relative to the spot price as at today. I think that's really important because you're then looking at that spot price in the context of cost curves, incentive pricing, you know, demand growth, supply constraints, et cetera. But it is relative to the spot price. That's the key to the, um, to the, to the view. Oil at US 71 bucks a barrel today. Uh, it could easily be up 50%. I don't think it's out of the question to see oil at 100, 105 a barrel, you know, at some time during next year. Does it finish exactly there, exactly the end of next year? I don't know, but um, certainly, um, you know, our highest conviction relative to the spot pricing today 
uh, would would be around oil at the moment, and that's certainly reflected in the shape of our portfolio with a lot of the uh, particularly really uh, uh, mega cap uh, oil companies out of um, out of Europe trading it. Incredibly compelling valuations on um, if you're that bullish, any, Rusty, any metric. Why wouldn't you just bloody buy, you know, WTI call options at you know 105 strike 31 December 2024? Yeah, I know. You, look, you could. It's not the. It's not a silly idea. Um, I haven't quoted them up. Might be more familiar with no, um, whatever. The, I want to look at it now. Whatever the, <laughs> yeah, same. Whatever the Volcalc is there and, and the like. Um, look, I, I haven't quoted it up. Um, I just think it's very hard to walk past the super majors out of Europe. You know, you can go buy BP, one of the world's biggest um, oil and gas companies, and uh, with a really substantial renewables business embedded in it, um, on like ten to fifteen percent free cash flow, you got a five six percent dividend yield. The same again in buybacks, like you know, very low gearing. A lot of the um, the gearing that they do have, they they locked in at really low rates when when the environment was such. They've now got that cash sitting on account at you know a multiple of what they're they're paying to borrow it at. So you know the treasury in itself is sort of a, a net interest margin business division, which is incredible. And um, yeah, I just don't think it's very often that you get companies of that size on sale and. For whatever reason, within the EU in particular, um, you know they trade at radical discounts relative to US peers. I think Goldman's put out a piece a week or two ago, um, articulating a forty-five percent discount to equivalent US peers. You know that's nearly half price. Um, I, I suspect, and I'm, I'm, there's a bit of guesswork in it, but I suspect that's really because European in, investors are, are more uh, ESG-driven. With a view around decarb and and not owning these things, and um, yeah, as we've discussed, guys, I, I'm I'm certainly a believer in decarb. A lot of positions that we've had in the portfolio over a long period of time supports that. But at the same time, there is a, a pragmatic reality to the here and now, and we still need lots of oil just to um, you know shift all the goods and services around that we require for everyday life. Love it, Rusty. And last but not least, worst performing commodity for the next year. Cool. Um, all relative to spot again. So I will just reiterate that one. Um, cost curve, I think, is is a place you sort of go looking at at, at things when you're looking at, at, at perhaps a commodity you think might come back a bit. I couldn't help but land on a pretty obvious one that I think lots of people have called and been super wrong on, but fuck it, I'm going to land there as well, iron ore. So um, what are we today? I think 137 bucks a tonne US. I'm going to say that um, that could come back a fair way and there's still plenty of margin for a lot of the supply side. So, you know, uh Elasticity in supply. I think there is there is there is elasticity in iron ore. I think in met coal it's a bit different. You could argue the same thing for met coal about it trading above and beyond um, incentive price of the cost curve. However, I, I think due to those sort of ESG constraints and access to capital, it's far less elastic. It's far harder to bring on that response. And I think if you look in iron ore, um, S and P have it as the only commodity in 2024 forecast to increase capital outlay. So, you know, that says a bit too. That tells you that there is um, a supply response perhaps on the horizon. Beautiful. That's one that caught out a few people over the past year. So keen to see how it plays out over over 24. Yeah, I'll be dead honest. I probably would have been wrong on this many years in a row if you'd asked me the question previously who knows um but look at again you know it's all it's all relative spot so it's it's very specific to the question today and you know at 137 us fuck i couldn't yeah it was hard to walk past iron or it was a bit of an easy one to pick but 
hopefully. Well, you're the second of two fundies that we've spoken to that has picked Dino. So, um, yeah, mate, bloody appreciate cool. it. Appreciate it, Rusty. Yeah, awesome, boys. If I don't see you before the break, have a, a ripper Christmas. Wicked, um, mate. You too. Have an yeah. awesome Chrissy and New Year's. Okay, next next cab off the rank, Johnny Forward, Lowell Resources Fund. Mate, bloody bit of a bit of a Victorian feel, boys. Johnny, Johnny, question yeah. number one, Cobber. What's your biggest high highest conviction bet for twenty twenty four? Look, I think the highest conviction bet is probably the most important one for the whole market. And that is that I think that we're gonna see moderating inflation in 24 mm. and that you know will affect pretty much everything you know uh firstly it'll affect affect u.s interest rates and then it'll, you know it'll affect gold and it'll affect uh junior junior resources stocks uh you know most uh, most particularly which is the subject closest to my heart so um and it'll affect them in a it'll affect them in a positive way so um yeah looking for uh, a good 24 on the back of that moderating inflation. So positive moderation of inflation we're picking up. Exactly. Love, a good, good. love a good macro pick, John. Next question is, what is your most non-consensus prediction for the upcoming year? A non-consensus or not, but because um, a few people might be saying this, but I think uh, lithium has been pounded so hard this year in terms of commodity price um, and we know it is a volatile commodity. We know that the Chinese are prone to their inventories down very low. Um, so I'm picking a strong rebound in the lithium price prices next year. I'll do that. Beautiful. And um, what about, what about the, uh, the best performing commodity for uh, 2024, John? Other, other than lithium. <laughs> I'm going to go with something that's a little bit non-mainstream if you like particularly here in australia and and that's platinum yep um, oh yeah you know uh, south africa dominates that market demand has um bounced back strongly in 2023 and um we're forecasting well the the, the uh industry institute the wpic is forecasting uh big deficit this year a million ounces this year uh, a slightly smaller deficit next year but i think the macro or platinum, you know, with you know, South Africa dominates the market um, and uh, the macro is for closure of mines and shafts in South Africa yeah. over the uh, short to short to long term. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, that's my pick for 24. Any correlation to palladium, How the plat- your platinum prediction or not? Uh, look, um, yeah, I think there, there is a pretty strong correlation. Um what uh, you know? What has completely broken down in the last you know decade or so is the uh, you know, the relationship to gold. You know, uh, platinum palladium. You know, used to have a, a reasonable relationship to gold, and platinum used to trade at a premium to gold. But now it's been you know well at a discount to gold. Um, you know, we may see it bouncing back towards you know uh, two thousand bucks an ounce. Who knows? Mm. Beautiful. And last but not least, the biggest duster commodity. For 2024. <laughs> Look, um, you know, I'm just going to go with a guy who uh, I really uh, respect and have followed for a long time, who's, uh, you know, probably one of the best analysts on the nickel market, um, but also, you know, his comments on the cobalt market. I've never heard someone trash a market quite as badly as uh, Jim Lennon from Macquarie has trashed the cobalt market. He said <laughs> it's the worst market he's ever seen um, in terms of oversupply. So, look, uh, I think cobalt, um, you know, that's got to be bottom of the barrel, uh, you know, for 24. Oh. I, thought, I thought you were saying he was going to be the biggest duster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good, Johnny. Thank you, good. mate. And Merry Christmas to all the uh, yourself and Richie and the team at Lowell Resource Fund, mate. Thanks, Abe, for uh, making the time. Uh, look, uh, appreciate it. Thank you for having me on, and you know, Merry Christmas to the uh, Money of Mind team. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening to me this year. Oh, mate, it feels like we've we've um, interacted in a way recently. It does feel that way. <laughs> it feels like you sent me a video. Oh, mate. <laughs> G'day, Headley. Thank you very much for uh, joining us, mate. Let us let us know uh, what what is your your highest conviction prediction for 2024. 
It's got a good rhyme well, to it, that. It does. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks for inviting me in for a quick chat about it. I really appreciate that, Trev and Maddie. Uh, and look, I, I know you asked me to think about this and I've been feeling very guilty because I can't come up with something which is really super optimistic. Um, but my highest conviction, I suppose, thematic prediction for 2024 is that you know, this stock interest that we see around um, lithiums, particularly in Western Australia, which has been propped up by some speculative buying led by billionaires, um, I can't see that being maintained. But, you know, the liquidity which has followed on behind that, I think, falls away. So it's been one of the shining lights of uh, liquidity, enabling people to raise money uh, in, in a large part of the market. And I just I see um, tremendous risk around that. So I think 2024 is the year that... Um, Lithium comes to a reckoning in in WA. Oh, I'm mate, sure that's a- I I predicted it as well. Headers. That was oh, my you? bloody one at the pub the other night. I was after uh, after the Wildcat uh, results and the decline. I'm like, I think this is the end of WA lithium mania for the moment. <laughs> and I think I was well, right. It, it'll be back. It'll be back. But you know that industry is it's had huge margins in the producers. They're unnatural. Um, you know, and 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 there's a lot of there's a lot of production which will come from WA as well as from overseas. Uh, so I think that needs to come to a reckoning. But and that's all been propped up by Gina and Chris Ellison, prepared to pay overbid prices. It's amazing. So, you know, we'll we'll see what happens with that. But that's um, I, I couldn't be more sure of something. Well, mate, I'll probably, you... probably live to regret that. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, all right. You ain't got a shitload of other fundies to compare to in this episode, so <laughs> there's going to be a ratio of ones that look good and look bad, mate. This is the <laughs> this is the trade secret that I wonder if uh, I'm surprised people are giving away. The most non-consensus bet you've got for 2024. Okay, so I've been thinking about this, and I've been thinking how far out on a limb am I going with? Um, with what I think is going to happen in 2024. And I I have to say, I'm not entirely sure what consensus is. So we might have to come back to this one no, and redo no, it. I but, guess um, consensus right now, yeah. Yeah. So I went around West Perth two weeks ago uh, and I was getting told that gold's going, it's starting to move, the brokers like it, uh, there's liquidity coming into the space there. We've seen a couple of raisins get away for that. Um, so... I'm going to say my non-consensus call is that that return of liquidity and those green shoots that we're seeing um, won't happen. It's uh, it's not going to germinate. In fact, I think that through next year we'll see things like the you know it'll be difficult to spend on exploration. The meters that are drilled will fall away, and that sentiment feeling towards the sector is going to get worse. Maybe what I'm expressing there is this is extremely non what people want to hear, and it's definitely not what they're hoping for. So if consensus is defined, and it often is in West Perth and particularly when brokers are involved around what people really, really want and what they're hoping for, then I think I'm a long way from it. But, you, know, uh, you know, it's really interesting, uh, Headley, um, both you and uh, and the Karina and Rick at Acorn have responded to this question in opposite ways. So you've both bet on, um, on you know, junior juniors and liquidity, liquidity in the equity markets and uh, you've both taken the opposite view. So I'm not sure what consensus is. <laughs> Mate, you'll have to put a, cart, put a carton on that between yourself and Acorn. And uh, Headley, what about the, uh, the best performing commodity for 2024? Well, I, I um, I've, I've, been, I've been reading through the last week or so, I've been sort of trying to form my views around this and I've been looking through, you know, what, what have they all done this year? What do I think their fundamentals look like? Um, and I think the broad fundamental for, you know, Chinese economic growth is not going to grow as fast as people were expecting. So, you know, on that basis, demand for commodities generally is a bit tough. Uh, if you've been in orange juice this year, I think it's been a really good year, but you don't dig that up, do you? Um, so, I mean, I'm looking at gold as being probably the most robust commodity uh, across the board, and but that's against a weak field. And I think what we would see in, in gold is going to be flurries. There's going to be volatility, and I think it's going to be this ebb and flow of sentiment around interest rates are going to go up a bit, interest rates are going to come down a bit, and then broken expectations uh, when inflation prints come in a little bit higher than people think they were hope, were hoping they were going to be, and then the expectation for interest rates fluctuating around that. So I think at the moment, you know, gold is testing new highs. Um, yeah, I think we'll see it test twenty one hundred again in US dollar terms. Uh, I don't see it going through two and a half thousand dollars. So you know, I, I think it's probably within that range. There's probably a bit of emotion involved every time it breaks through something that's got two zeros on the end. So you know, maybe twenty two, twenty three hundred um, through the course of next year. 
And as I said, that's probably going to be off the back of uh, in a week leading up to um, an inflation print in the US. What about the biggest duster of a commodity next year, headers? And that could probably include ones that are currently dusters. Well, I've got two which I think are at most risk, and they're the ones which have probably had the best 12 months uh, so far in the mineral space. Um, I mean, I don't see a great deal of positivity in the lithium space, but that's not one of my calls because uh, even if, you know, lithium carbonate price comes down to match the performance of spodumene, it's still going to, you know, maybe halve from here. Um, so, no, I'm, I'm sort of looking at things like uranium and saying, well, I, I see a bit of risk at, at that being at these levels. Um Long-term off-takers of uranium don't want to be paying these prices. Uh, otherwise, you, you're long-term underpinning shit fundamentals for a, uh, a power plant. So, you know, how does how does all this green energy and sustainable cheap energy work when you're paying that much for uranium? So for uranium to be a thing, I think the price needs to not work. And I know that doesn't happen in commodities. So, uh, you know, I, I think uranium's got to be a risk to it. Iron ore as well. Um, is one that, uh, you know, it's kind of defying what I think probably reflects the Chinese economic guidance that, oh, maybe guidance is the wrong word, but, you know, the pattern that you get in your head of what Chinese economic growth is likely to be, iron ore is not playing that game pro- pro- properly as probably as well as things like copper. So I'd see probably most risk in uranium and, and iron ore. Wow, oh, beautiful, Hedders. Thank you very much, mate. That's three from three iron ore bearish mm. about the fundies we've spoken to so far. So. Jeez, we might have to start talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific to talk to you, lads. Look forward to um, meeting you both properly in uh, February and I hope you have a fantastic Christmas in the meantime as well. Righto, bloody the carousel continues. The, this one, short walk from upstairs, Sammy Berridge. Welcome. Thanks to be back. Merry right. this is- Christmas, mate. <laughs> Yeah, just waiting for the year to be over. See how, <laughs> don't feel very merry at the moment. Oh, right. We'll make you merry after this little five-minute chat, mate. Num- <laughs> number one, speaker, this now your most merriest prediction for 2024, the highest conviction bet you got happening um, or about to make happen. I reckon um, probably domestic gas, so a little bit of an obtuse one. Um but I, it reminds me a lot of um, like thermal coal in, in sort of 2021 where like none of the brokers wanted to upgrade their prices yet, you know, there was clear indication that, you know, the actual price itself was going up and up and up. Um, and, you know, Whitehaven's earnings at that point in time were going up and up and up with it. But there was this huge lag before the, the market actually caught on. And I think that's what's happening in domestic gas at the moment. I mean, contracts are being written at $15 plus and... Um, you know, the, 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 or the analysts have sort of got prices of $11.50, you know, into perpetuity. Um, so I reckon that's, uh, you know, there could be a bit of action. Or I think there will be a bit of action in the domestic gas space uh, next year. We'll try not to ask too many follow-ups, but I've got a quick one. Are you, is your prediction across entire of Australia because, you know, or more focused on West, East? Oh, I think it's, it's definitely, definitely an East Coast thing. Like they've got their own problems over there. Um, I mean, we've got that uh, sort of. I think there's a, the hand that um, investigation into the um, Western Australian sort of natural gas exports on the 22nd of December, and seems you know word is that they're going to uh, they're going to allow some of that gas to be exported. Would certainly be a good thing for those um, for those producers. But you know, because we've had yeah, you know, we've allowed gas exploration in WA over the last 10 years, and so lo and behold, we've got a few discoveries to um, to feed the market. Whereas they haven't done that in New South Wales and Victoria, and um, and their uh, current supply is going to run out. So you know they're short, and I think they're going to have to they're going to end up importing it. Could you believe it or not? Which I think is ridiculous. But anyway, that's mm. what I think is going to happen. I like it. Next question is your most non-consensus prediction for 2024. This is a tough one. I think I going to go with um, the switch from inflation to deflation. Um, you know, we've been hearing all about inflation for the last 18 months. It has been rolling over pretty steadily for a while now. And I think by the time we get to sort of April, May next year, um, yeah, the cons- this discussion is going to be more around deflation than inflation. And that's got plenty of implications for sort of, you know, central like interest rates around the world, gold prices, um, and all sorts of other things. But, um, yeah, I, I'd say I'm silly at the moment, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's what we're talking about in the middle of next year. What about best commodity for 2024? Yeah, that's, a, again, tough to pick. Um, but, can, you know, consistent with that view on on inflation and deflation, I'd have to say gold, I think, um, is looking pretty good, um, even after the run that it's had. 
sort of ducked back below 2,000 announced now, but the reasons for it going, you know, through 2,000 in the first place are still very much in, in place. Um, yeah, and I think that could, um, could do something special over the course of uh, calendar 24. And lastly, worst performing commodity for 2024. Yeah, I th even though it's it's fallen a long way, I think I'm going to have to stay with nickel. Um, I think it's it is pretty beaten up. There's not many people um, making money out of it, but uh, you know the supply coming out of Indonesia is is um, thick and fast, and 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 it is low cost. Um, so I think that's probably going to be in the doldrums for a little while yet. So it'll just remain it a bad performer, even if it stays flat, it's still underperforming. <laughs> yeah, mm. no, in, in, that's right, in a, in a relative sense. Um, you know, nice get worse. Yeah, oh, true, true. And I think, I mean, aluminium, I think, is is probably due to pop. Um, you know, the other base metals, I think, are reasonably well supported. But, um, you know, that that uh, big wave of supply that's come on uh, in nickel and will continue to come on, I think, is um, yeah, going to make it pretty tough on a relative basis next year. Bloody beautiful, mate. Merry Christmas to Perennial from Money and Mine. Uh, Merry Christmas to you two guys and uh, always a pleasure and looking forward to chatting uh, further next year. Bloody beautiful. efficient, Cheers, efficient mate. stuff. That was great. Right, here we go. Here we go again. Following our dinner with him the other week. That was a bloody good feed. The Cav is in the house. Anthony Kavanagh. How are you, Cobber? Hey, boys. Good seeing it. You too, mate. Right, let's rip in. Question number one for 2024, what's your high conviction bet? Now, this bloke has high conviction. <laughs> what is it, Cav? Oh, I think I have to go with what we were talking about over dinner, and that is the fact that oil and gas, there's going to be industry consolidation. Now, you can say no shit, you're not giving Santos a Woodside the other day, so it's definitely going to happen, but I'm saying broader than that. I'm saying... You take all the small caps on the ASX, I reckon there's a good chance that a few of them are mopped up. And I'll, I'll give you four, and I'll say I have a high conviction that at least half of those are taken over by the end of the year. And so I would say Strike Energy, Cooper Energy, uh, maybe Carnarvon for Rusty, just, just for his sake. Um, <laughs> and I would say Cold Rich. I would say out of those four, I got a high conviction that at least two of those get taken over by the end of the year, and there's a good chance that a few of them do. And uh, for a bonus point, I'd also say that I think Beach Energy doesn't exist in its current form that it does today, whether they are taken over by someone else or they merge with the demerged Santos's domestic business. I think that Beach will be a very different business uh, in 12 months' time to what it is today. Mate, so like we've just, we just, we just got Kerry Stokes on the line that wants to die. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a, um, a, a former oil and gas analyst, mate. <laughs> oh, I try my best to pump up the sector where I can, mate. Question number two. Uh, mate, what's your um, your most non-consensus prediction for 2024? Can I say that lithium's got a bounce or is that consensus? I mean, it's like so in the... No, nah, yeah, I think it's been said already as well. Like, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I like something else. I like, go on with something else if you need. Mate, you just like, you do you, Cav. <laughs> all right, well, all right. Let's say let's say that I reckon lithium bounces, and I'd say Spod gets gets close to two thousand bucks a ton. Um, I just think that happens on a twelve month basis, um, not necessarily in the first few months. Everyone's telling me the first six months for lithium's got to be pretty average in twenty four, but I I do think that if you give it the full twelve months, that we'll see lithium prices back back Spod back to two thousand bucks a ton. I'd say back to we had a discussion that we had, JD, a couple of months ago. I would still say that high conviction contrarian is that expiration expenditure will bounce quite materially in the back end of 24 to 25. And I'm talking 20 to 30% growth rates again, and the market's probably, you know, a flat level. Um, so that let's say I've got two um, contrarian bets and, and those both of them. Love it, mate. Next one is what is the commodity that is going to perform the best over 2024? I guess we'll go something different to what you've just covered there. No, no, I can't double down on lithium. And like, I'd say that gold's a really obvious choice, but I won't go gold either. I actually thought long and hard about this. You want something that is basically volatile, as the ability to be volatile, and you want something that's been kind of in the toilet, so to speak, in the last 12 months. So the one I picked actually kind of as a, I guess, an interrelated exposure to a few different themes that I'm thinking about. Um, and with that, you know, Without building up too much suspense, it's, it's the Henry Hub gas price. Um, I'll take you through my thinking. I'll take you through my thinking. Um, I do think commodity markets remain bifurcated in that there is an east block and a west block. And I think Henry Hub and most of the Western world energy fits that bill. It's always back to a 2022 thematic. 
Um, I think that there was a massive hangover in 2023 for global gas prices off the back of what happened in 2022. Everyone got drunk and basically bought as much gas and whatever else they could. And the storage tanks were basically full in Europe in 2023. So you had this glut of, of gas. Um, I think that going into 2024, that you you could see whether it's an El Nino created event or whether it's just a normalization of weather patterns. You could see, I guess, a colder winter in Europe and then summer being less mild than what it was in the previous year. Um, and the other thing that's happened from a global perspective is also the fact that China's seen a lot more rain than previously seen. So the hydro levels are actually full in, in China. And I think I read today that hydropower in China is about 2% of the world's electricity. So if you have less rain in China, they're going to consume a lot more gas, a lot more coal, a lot more uranium. Um, I do think that if Europe starts to struggle for gas because the storage actually gets drained, that they'll be back in the market in a big way for, um, for global gas. And I think if you do start to see that, the US could be the marginal supplier of LNG globally. You should start to see the Henry Harper price start to reflect kind of an international parity price again. And so it's two bucks twenty-six or something today. I think there is potential for the Henry Hub gas price on a twelve to eighteen month view to be two hundred percent higher than where it is at the moment. Um, um, and, I, and I think gold could, could go to two five three thousand. But I do think the highest potential upside is in the Henry Hub gas price out of any commodity I'm looking at at the moment. I think we can deduce that you haven't shot from the hip there, Cav. There's a bit, a bit oh. of thought wedding come into that. I like it, mate. I might have been thinking about it last night. <laughs> There's always been a bit of history going on back here, mate. Oh, I like <laughs> it, mate. Righto, what's the biggest duster for 2024 or commodity that might remain a duster? Oh, uh, look, I mean, back to the interview they have with JD, I, I have to double down on the iron ore. I'm, I'm surprised that it's 138 bucks today. And it's probably going to be a pretty consensus um, underperformer, but I, I just. I just can't see why iron ore is higher than where it is today in 12 months' time, given the state of China and everything that's going on there. But if I had to guess, I'd say kind of 90 bucks a tonne um, for iron ore. But yeah, that's, I don't know, I'm, I'm a bit of a commodity bull, so it's hard to actually come up with something that's going to be another form of it. But iron ore just takes the cake for us, just the demographic um, situation that we're seeing in China. And I guess, you know, the, the lack of growth that, or, or the, the slowing of growth, I should say, they're still growing at 5%, but the slowing of growth in China. You're just a lovable guy, Cav. Like, you love commodities, we love you. It's just love everywhere, mate. It's bloody good, mate. Cheers, hey, cheers for that. I love it. What can I say? I love it. <laughs> mate, Merry Christmas from all the money of mine, mate, and thanks for uh, the, your content this year and great to catch up with you the other week. Hey, cheers, Cav. Thanks, boys. Look, look forward to sharing more gossip and more content next year. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah, mate. We won't record that shit. Don't worry. That's, <laughs> that's <the best. laughs> cheers, Merry Cav. Christmas, boys. Love it, Let's mate. Do it. G'day, Warren. Uh, Pleasure to have you on Money of Mine again, mate. We'd love to know what is your what is your highest conviction prediction for 2024? Well, my highest conviction prediction for 24 is the same as it was for 23, and that's uranium. And you might say that's a big call, seeing how it closed last night at over $84 a pound, which is up 72% in 2023 but i'm doubling down and saying we're just getting started and it's still going to be the best performer in 2024 you might ex uh <laughs> accuse me of talking my own book because we, we would do that 100%. About 80 percent of our net asset value now is in uranium uh but you know uh I don't see any uh, headwinds. I see a lot of wind at our back, and uh, next gen is just getting started on the ASX. So it's going to be a great 2024. Love the conviction. Next question, Warren, is what is your most non-consensus prediction for 2024? Well, consensus sometimes is hard to judge. What is consensus? But you know, I think it's general consensus that the battery metals theme is a good place to be. And I would suggest that my anti-consensus uh, view is that battery metals in 2024 will not be a great place to be. What do I mean by battery metals? You know, I'm talking nickel, I'm talking lithium, graphite, and to some extent, copper is even caught within the battery metals nomenclature. 
But I think it's going to be tough for battery metals in 2024. We've still got high interest rates, which I think are going to last for a while. You know, that's going to uh, impede global GDP growth. Uh, things in China are not great. I don't think that EV adoption rates are going to be quite as good as people are expecting. So I think it's going to be uh, wind in your face for battery metals in 24. And um, Warren, what about... Uh, oh. I suppose you already answered the question here. For the best performing commodity, it's uranium. We may as well just skip to the last question then, which is, uh, what's the what's the worst performing commodity for 2024 going to be, Warren? Yeah. My bet would be best performing uranium, as we've already stated, and worst is probably nickel. Nickel has not only got that battery metals headwind in front of it, but uh, GDP growth headwind and... Uh, ample supply coming out in Indonesia. So I think it's going to be a tough year for nickel. You're betting uh, that the trend is your friend and uh, betting that two trends of 2023 continue into 2024 on that front. Yeah, quite right. You, you got it. You nailed it. It's, 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 not, it's not too risky a bet. Trend is my friend. <laughs> well, much appreciated. Warren, pleasure to speak with you as always and I uh, hope to catch up with you whenever you uh, make your way to the great city of Perth. See you soon in Perth, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Warren. Cheers. Alrighty, guys. Next up, we have got Dave Franklin, someone we have interviewed in the past. He runs the a couple of funds out of Argonaut. Thanks for uh, making the time. Let's rip straight in. I want to hear your highest conviction prediction for 2024. Yeah, thanks, JD. Look, um, it's been a difficult year for energy transition. The, the thematic, which is really the move from uh, to decarbonise and electrify the global economy. What we've seen is EV sales have lagged, expectations have been project delays, Government struggling to wean themselves off fossil fuels and commodity prices associated with that thematic taking a tumble. So notwithstanding this, our highest conviction prediction is that energy transition is not dead. Uh, we see it as the end of the beginning rather than the beginning of the end. Um, and next phase, I think, is to recognise it's a transition. It's going to be messy and bumpy. It will not happen as quickly as we'd like. Uh, it will need to blend economic realities but ultimately deliver a whole new wave of demand for a small group of commodities, and we think there's a rare investment opportunity. Mm. Beautiful. What, what about the uh, the most non? I mean, that's probably a bit of a non-consensus prediction in and of itself. But what's your your uh, most non-consensus prediction for 2024, Dave? Yeah, look, um, everyone's slamming lithium, um, saying the party's over. You know, I'm looking at consensus numbers recently, and. And they're kind of dropping to, you know, if you look at spodumene, around $1,400 a tonne now and going to $1,000 a tonne is, is becoming sort of the norm and the consensus. We think, uh, we think that's overdone. Um, you know, notwithstanding EV sales have, um, ha have lagged expectations, there's still a very strong growth rate there. So we think strong demand going forward through 24, uh, uh, chance of supply not coming on as quickly. You know, we think lithium will surprise. I mean, I think in 12 months' time, it'll be higher than where it is today. I like it, Dave. Maybe no. we'll put lithium aside for now. Uh, what yeah. is the best-performing commodity for 2024? Yeah. Look, I think um, the safe bet is copper, right? Recently, we've seen some uh, supply constraints out of Panama and Anglo. Um, looks like copper's switching into a deficit in 2024. But having said that, I think... I think our best pick for commodity in 24 is rare earths. Uh, NDPR down almost 40% this year. Uh, we think it's due for an uptown in 24, so it's uh, the rare earth market. Mm. Okay. And to, to round it out, Dave, what about um, the worst performing commodity for 2024? Yeah, Trav, uh, look, um, iron ore, it's been the, the standout performer or one of the standout performers in 23. Uh, up about 25% to uh, $135 a tonne. We think as we move into 24, you'll see um, uh, just a slow, the slow China economy impacting on iron ore demand, potentially uh, new production coming on. And we think that, um, that uh, it'll be the one that um, builds the brunt of that and, and edges back next year. It's a common selection there, Dave. Yeah, not the first one to call iron ore down for 2024. Appreciate you making the time, Dave. Great to chat again. No worries. Thanks for your time. Cheers. Cheers, yeah. mate. Wicked. Awesome. Thanks, mate. We'll um, probably chuck that one up tomorrow. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Should be appreciate it. you um, All right. get contributing to it. And uh, yeah, keep in touch. Have a, have a Merry Christmas and, and, uh, yeah. and the likes, mate.
Yeah, no, you guys too. You've done a great job there. So well done on the, on the business. Thank you very Sit much. Sit back, have a beer, and uh, reflect <laughs> on what you've seen. Good. I appreciate will. it, mate. Have a great break. See you, mate. Bye. Okay. Cheers. Righto, beautiful. Thanks all the fundies. Love the work. Some at least one of the eight funds are going to be right about something. You'd hope. I think so, none of us want them to hold them to account unless they're right. Yeah. So. But, so um, we'll, we'll reshare this video in a year's time and see, yeah. see, see yeah. how they went. I might, I might we summarise all the pictures in a single card. page and send, <laughs> yeah. it, send it around. I thought it was very. I thought it was very cool to hear. You know, a lot of the different fundies. You know, some of them are picking up on the same things themes. Others are, you know, going head to head on some of the the picks and predictions that they'd made. Mm-hmm. So very keen to see how these play out over the next year. Very good. Now before the before the bloody uh, the partnership sign off. Get a shirt, everyone. Link in the show notes. <laughs> Got all the bloody big box get of them at Christmas home, so I want to get rid of the box. So, uh, <laughs> get your kids a gift. Get your grandparents a gift. Mate, they're, Buy they, a they're gift. flying out the door. Get in quick because they mightn't be around tomorrow. Speaking so. of gifts, we've got to do our secret Santas after this. Oh, yeah, we've yeah. got a secret Santa. I've got to go shopping for it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a good one. I'm excited. I wonder who's got who. Well, I know who I've got. Uh, <laughs> And uh, it's our second good. last show. Tomorrow's going to be uh, pretty exciting. I'm pumped for tomorrow's. We've got two pretty, um, yeah, guests that we haven't had on before, but we're just going to talk pretty um, candidly about the year that was 2023. Mm, good. As I said yesterday, a couple of couple of followers we really respect in the media space. So yep, it's should be a cracker. Great to have them awesome. on. Right, Righto. Thanks to all the partners always. Investor Hub at the top of the show. Hey, then we've got all our other bloody good mates at DSI Underground, Terra Capital, McMahon Mining Title Services, Future Proof Consulting, Anytime Exploration Services, KCA Site Services, Brooks Airways and Cadrill. I feel like we've got to do this last bit a bit different. We'll mix it up in the new year. Let's come, JD, and cheers to Ali. your area. And cheers to Ali. Signing off her last episode of the year. Signing off for the year. We'll see you oh, guys yeah. in 2024. Oh, fuck, you're not leaving. <laughs> Jesus Christ, my nah, heart, nah, heart nah. went in my mouth there. Hooteroo. come back, The information contained in this episode of Money of Mine is of general nature only and does not take into account the objectives, financial situation or needs of any particular person. Before making any investment decision, you should consult with your financial advisor and consider how appropriate the advice is to your objectives, financial situation and needs.